Spoiler alert, Slashers Paradise encourages viewers to watch these horror films before listening to our show. Danny and Lance will go through everything, including filmmaking, dialogue, characters, and even full scene breakdowns when we get excited. Enjoy the show. Rat-a-tat-tat-tat-tooey. Rat-a-tat-tat-tat-tooey. This movie really sucks. So let's start the pod and get through it. Rat-a-tat-tat-tat. rat a Welcome to Slashers Paradise. That's Danny. I'm Lance. Hey, man. It's a new beginning. It's a new beginning. It's a new beginning. Yes, it is. Yeah, great. Yeah, great wrestling. Yeah, we're wrestling fans, too. But oh, no, it's Friday the 13th, part five, the new beginning. I thought it was the final chapter. I thought we were done. So I asked this question of you a while back in previous pods, and I'll ask it again. Oh, no. Do you like to... If you've made money, make more of it. Yes. So do the producers of the Friday the 13th franchise. They saw the return for part four. People were asking for more Jason and they got more Jason. However, producer Mancuso Jr. said, well, me titling it a new beginning and throwing up a Jason mask with blue diamonds on the mask was my way of telling the audience I'm giving you more Jason, technically, but I am not really. I'm promising you something new. So, okay, there I, we are. When you sacrifice the art for the money, sometimes it just doesn't work out very well. Uh, yeah, but this one did work out in the form of our uh, money. <laughs> It made a lot of money still. It made a lot of money. It made a lot less than what the franchise has made up to this point. Uh, God, I don't even know where to go. Let's do our business. Let's do our business, man. What is the pumpkin spice latte for this horrible, horrible gosh, movie? so <laughs> unenthused. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so the pumpkin spice latte for Friday the 13th, A New Beginning. Because quite frankly, it is the fifth installment, but it is just really called A New Beginning. Okay. Uh, Tommy Jarvis is still haunted by his past. He is not a boy anymore. He is a young man. And um, when he was a child, killed Jason Voorhees. And now he has been living in an insane asylum, mental institute rather. And he has now been driven to a halfway home in the country where he is recuperating amongst other troubled youths. And while there... Some horrific accident happens to one of the patients, causing a chain reaction where a new Jason donning a hockey mask is trying and very successfully killing everyone in his path. But if it's a new beginning, is it Jason or is it still wearing a mask? Anyway, that's it. Our breakdown for the film uh, it was released on March 22nd, 1985. Uh, our budget was $2.2 million. Our return in the box office was only $22 million. Yes, it made its money back, but far less than our previous sequels have made. Uh, it was written, directed, produced by Danny Steinman and also written by David Cohen. Uh, the movie stars Melanie Kinnaman. Melanie Kinnaman. Uh, I'll go with that. That's about it. <laughs> I mean, she's the main star, uh, but you know, I mean, I can go down a list, but it's just well, you know, like like there, there'll be some people who end up doing more things uh, from here on out. Uh, the 
boy or the man who plays uh, an older Tommy is name is John Shepard. But Miguel Nunez is in this uh, making a cameo or a small featured role. You'll know him as Mr. Juana Man. <laughs> and he's also a leprechaun for among other things. Uh, of so, course, you know that. Of course I do. Uh, but also Corey Feldman does make a cameo. Because, yeah, a very interesting one. Well, Lance, it was written that Corey Feldman was going to come back as Tommy Jarvis and reprise his role in this movie. He was going to be, as they set it up, the new Jason. He was going to get transferred over to him and he was going to become Jason. However, as Corey Feldman states, Steven Spielberg just fucked it all up and (laughs) he cast me in the Goonies. So Corey Feldman went on to be mouth in the Goonies. And he did not get to do a full role, as was written already for him in Friday 13th Part 5. So he did a cameo where they basically aged him out. Um, They shot it, like, in his backyard. How fun is that? Hey, we need to do a (laughs) quick cameo for the movie. Can we uh, go to your backyard because your schedule's so tight? Let's go film it. So, yeah, they filmed a young... Corey, uh, Tommy Jarvis, basically Corey Feldman, having a dream where he sees Jason be dug up. And when he comes to or snaps out of the dream, it is the older Tommy. And uh, it's all it, downhill from there. <laughs> it sure is, man. It's a quiet Tommy, too. Uh, I think the trivia states between not counting the yells or the laughs, because, you know, I think he does laugh at least once in this movie. The. Uh, well, Tommy Jarvis says a total of 24 words in the movie. So that's that's an easy that's not a plus for the movie. <laughs> that's an easy paycheck, I, I assume. Uh, Danny, what's our slash? What's slash word to Slasher's Paradise? All right. Slash word is the horror version created by Slasher's Paradise where uh, the horror version of password, where when you hear the word, you take a drink. So. We will have to encourage you all to definitely use alcohol this time. Yeah. Because if you're going to watch, if you're watching, we this are. Movie, yeah. If you're watching this movie with us or along with us, you know, it's, um, it's tough. So once you hear the slash word be said, take a drink of your favorite beverage of choice. We never recommend alcohol. This time we do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we always have a caller for this for a slash word. Um, somebody usually from the franchise or randomly in the world, they will call in Danny, who's bringing us a slash word tonight. Well, you know, I've thought long and hard about this, Lance, obviously. And, you know, there is a character played by Miguel Nunez in this movie called Demon, who is the brother of reggie the reckless who is you know feature he's a young kid featured in this movie you're gonna love uh i think that's the only redeeming thing is that reggie is pretty funny yeah they're the highlight but because miguel nunez plays demon why don't we get angela from night of the demons to call in oh beautiful i kind of thought about this i thought i'd hit her up you know she uh she she's a fan. So uh yeah, Angela. Angela from Night of the Demons. <laughs> All right, Angela, you're on the line. Welcome to Slasher's Paradise for the first time. Uh go ahead and give our our listeners the slash word of the night. Hello, my little demons. The slash word is sleaze or sleazy. Whatever. I don't care. This movie sucks. 
All right, thank you very much. Thank Angela. you. Oh, so wow. creepy. Yeah, wow. that was in, that was terrifying. No, uh, but uh, there. Yes, this movie. Okay, folks, folks, here it is. This is it. We're gonna be. We. I definitely don't like to talk about your shit. <laughs> but I think Lance doesn't want to talk about your shit. But we are going to keep it real with you all, our faithful paradisers. <laughs> we're yeah. not gonna, we're not gonna talk a lot about this movie because it's 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 pretty shitty. There's just not much salvageable. It's there's a big ick factor to this movie across the board. Whether it's the the gore, the sex, the over amounts and uh, gratuitous amounts of sex and the way it's shot. I just remember being a kid. It was like, we kind of mentioned the the nudity or the sex scenes throughout Friday the 13th as kids watching this. Like, Ooh shit. You know, boobies. I remember watching this as a kid and I'm like, I, it doesn't feel right. You know, it feels gross. It feels weird. You're correct. Um, I made the connection or the comparison a little while ago about Danny Steinman, who is the writer-director of this movie. By the way, his last credit as a director was this movie. Uh, Credits before then, he had directed a few. Um, He's a sleazy director. Let's just be honest. He's a very sleazy director. He's a broke man's John Waters. If you know anything about John Waters, you know he makes a very specific type of film, but definitely has a big following and I think can be successful in that really dark comedy where this director Danny Simon definitely fell short because there is a point of being a sleazy style director mm-hmm. and then you yourself being a terrible human being right uh, I, he didn't kill anybody he didn't hurt anybody but all reports on set were of how terrible he was to uh, work with and approach as a director there are plenty of directors out there who don't want to hear help or criticism they don't want to hear anything and he's definitely one of them. But there is, you're right, an ick feel to this whole movie. There is definitely, I think, sleazy is a word I'm going to throw around a lot. I hope it's not the slash word because we'll die. But <laughs> yes, there is a sleazy, gross, disgusting, over-the-top, nonsensical point of this movie. And yeah. You know, it's in the characters too. The characters are over the top. I mean, yes. we're, we're watching the Ethel character and her son and it, 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 it's just not, it doesn't belong in this franchise. You know what I mean? These characters are so grotesque and over the top in what they're portraying. It's like, what, what, what franchise am I watching? What movie am I watching? This became so much about how ridiculous these characters and how more how gratuitous the sex and the nudity can be and less about Jason himself. Yeah. But you told us it was going to be about Tommy's struggle, about Tommy's recovery. Why didn't you just lean into that? Oh, I get it. You're not equipped to do that. You are not equipped. To, it's all right there. It's an amazing movie you can make about someone finding themselves after a traumatic experience, after finding, you know, mm-hmm. he had a moment that, you know, leaked. Everyone found out that he attacked Jason in the way he did and that he had difficulty with it, kind of the way they treated Jamie Lloyd in part five of Halloween. Right. There's something there. You can definitely make a good movie about what he would, a traumatic experience would do to someone as a, at a young age and having to see them live through that. And 
I'll give the credit where the credit is due. There are sprinkles of those moments that could have been elaborated on and or accomplished well. Mm. Tommy sees images of Jason yeah. everywhere. He yeah. sees him standing outside his window. He sees him in the reflection. He himself is afraid that he's becoming Jason. Right. As you would, because nobody wants to become that psycho killer. Uh, so there's something there, but it does not have any legs to stand on. No, it never really goes anywhere. No, not at all. And it's too bad because you even mentioned in our last episode that Tommy Jarvis is just like such a great name. You know, Fantastic. and to carry the torch through Friday the 13th, I think that would have been a great way to go. Make him the killer. Make him the new Jason. Who cares, Absolutely. you know? And that's not the direction that we went, unfortunately. And we barely even played on the trauma. I mean, yes, we see visions of him and he does barely speak. But, I mean, how long have we we've been watching the movie? We haven't even seen Tommy. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean... Th- Tommy is definitely supposed to be the focal point. You, every, I think it's kind of hinted at that Tommy is going to snap. Right. Uh, some people within the small town believe that Tommy is the one that's doing these murders because mm-hmm. even the sheriff when, okay, there's a lot of at risk. They're not at risk, but they are, you know, it's a halfway home for recovering teens or recovering young adults. Yeah. Uh, and two promiscuous teens get brought back to the home and the sheriff tells the man in charge whose name is um his name is uh right away it's it was uh no remember he said his full name and i was like did he say that oh uh yeah what is it uh, hold oh, on uh, matthew, Le- yeah, no, matthew leonard but he, his his name is matthew leonard yeah <laughs> but i said did he say matthew lillard yeah. i was like how dare you but in any case matt is the camp or program director he has an assistant director named pam who's going to end up being like the pseudo final girl but there are a lot of final people in this one because as i mentioned there's a reggie character he calls he calls himself reggie the reckless but he's not a patient there he's just the grandson of the cook there so he's just there to play pranks and be involved he's you know kind of just there to be a little bit of the young comic relief a bit. Yeah, he's fun. He's a fun character yeah. to follow. But what's cool is that they've already they're introducing this idea that okay, there's a kid here and this kid is, you know, very much in the forefront. Is he going to die? Because he's not Tommy. Right. You know? So something might happen, but anyway, you got Pam, you got Reggie. So these teens are brought back to Matt and the sheriff does say, "So, uh, heard you got the Jarvis boy." And Matt's like, yeah, I got him. So what's he like? He's just a, just another kid who's been traumatized. So there's a little bit of, we know he's here. Right. The legend of him has followed him here at least. We know what's up. But maybe that's planted in as far as like, could Tommy be the one doing all these murders? Because they did at least, at least Lance, <laughs> they did at least keep Tommy... In different places from the murder. So you definitely suspect it is him. Well, quite a bit to the point of like, we don't see him enough to really lean on the fact that maybe it is Tommy, you know, I guess the man, the mystery man, you know, kind of like hiding away and maybe it is Tommy just because we don't see him. I guess that's fine, but we never see Tommy like at a snapping point enough for me to really buy. (laughs) 
You're listening to Dead Candy, dedicated entertainment for the dead. Hola, ghoulos! It's me, Raúl El Ghoul. And I'm coming to you to ask you, follow me on El Instagrams at Raúl El Ghoul. Or, in Espanol, at Raúl El Ghoul. Anyway, I am the newest creature feature ghost host with the most. I know all the things of his spooky things and that's the story I'm sticking to it. If you want to laugh, you can come there too. Because if I wasn't called El Ghoul, I'd be called Raúl El Funny. Follow me on Instagrams at Raul El Ghoul. Hey, when it comes to ghosts, hosts, and spooky stuff, you could do a lot worse than Raul, but it doesn't get much better. <laughs> Don't be a stupid. Be a gulo. Adios. What I do buy is, uh, we talked about the accident that happens. Right. There is a tipping point, And quite early on, there is an accident in this movie. Yes. Oh, Dios. <laughs> All right. Look, guys. This is 1985. This is 1985. PC is definitely not a thing that exists. As le- Whether it's in this time. Definitely not in this type of movie. What we see is a portrayal of a mentally challenged young man who is a bit of a nuisance and gets on a guy's nerves named Vic, who, by the way, let me just say something. First of all, God, I felt like I haven't said that in a long time. Ten. (laughs) (laughs) I felt like I haven't said first of all in a long time. But anyway, first of all, Vic is chopping this... trunk halfway i mean in half yeah if you know anything about chopping wood what the frig are you doing you are going to be chopping that for an eternity Uh you're supposed to anyway that bothered me seeing him chop that wood i i almost felt like it was just an act of aggression he wasn't trying to actually chop the wood (laughs) you know i mean like sure he's just getting his exercise and his aggression out because he is very angry we don't know why so vic is very angry and uh He's approached by this simple character. I mean, that's that's who Joey is. Yeah. Joey's a bit of a nuisance in the sense of like, you know, he doesn't get social cues. And Joey gets on under Vic's nerves so badly that Vic just decides to axe him to death yeah. when he turns around to leave. Just, okay. People can get under your skin and you can be driven to a point. Mm-hmm. Joey just really was being kind of overbearing, but that's the thing that made you snap. Yeah. It just came out of nowhere. Yeah. So Vic axes Joey to death, kills him. Some paramedics come and, you know, it's very dark comedy from the beginning. They open the sheet. They see that Joey is missing. An, well, his arm is hacked off. And one paramedic is blowing his bubble gum because yeah. there's a big reaction. Yeah. He's like, pussies. Yeah. So there's like this weird, fast, like, it's definitely improv. Nothing. I mean, I'm sure there was a skeleton. It's admitted that there was like a skeleton outline drawn. 
But another paramedic is there, yes. Roy. Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> Lou Ferrigno, right before or right after he turns into the Hulk, gives this reaction and stares at Joey's body so much so that you're like, okay, you're trying... We're supposed to pay attention to this. Yeah. It's like really on the nose. You're it, like, because it goes so long. It's not like a one hit thing. It's not one frame of like, yeah, that was a weird reaction. It's literally like a good 10 seconds of like, why are we watching this guy's reaction? We don't know who this is. Yeah. It's just, we don't see in. him again for the, most of the rest of the movie. So we're like, what did that have to do with anything? Why do we spend so much of our viewing time on that? Just a zoom in of his face. He's got beautiful eyes, I'll say that. But he just looks like, um, yeah, Lou Ferrigno, like you said. Has this big reaction, and then we don't, the movie pro- progresses as best as it can. <laughs> That's I a way mean, to put it. <laughs> yes. So, look, there are a lot of stories from this movie being made. Quite frankly, a lot of them are not great. Uh, there's a lot of gratuitous sex, as we mentioned. They The role that was uh, given to the most promiscuous teen, which was, um, well, the reason that this actor got the role was one. This is really hard to say, but at the same time, her name is Tina, right? She was given the role because two things. One, she had a very interesting real last name. Her name was Deborah Voorhees. And that's really cool. But also, she got it because she was the most well-endowed. Okay. <laughs> this is being admitted by not only her, but her co-stars, the writer, the editor, and the writer and the director, who are the same person. Like, holy moly. That's so dirty. <sighs> Icky. I hate that. It's, like I said, the whole movie gives you this ick factor and then you find out there's a reason for it like the way these people were cast the way everything was shot the way they were treated it all makes sense yeah you're talking about like the most what do we do next attitude uh oh i guess we could do this because yeah the producer hired this director based off of something that he saw which was a linda blair porn exploitation sort of movie which is what he was basically trying to make here yeah without i mean he does have producers who know the friday franchise who are like around as much as they can be to try to keep them on board but specifically a story comes out for this character who has a sex scene in the woods and this sex scene apparently has gone goes on for a long time Mm mm-hmm It's so awkward. Some of the other people, the co-stars are saying, because you have a director who's like screaming directions, (laughs) (laughs) sex directions, and it's just weird and awkward. Well, apparently that none of this went over very well with the MPAA. None of the Friday movies have, quite honestly. No, not at all. But this one. How many times did it get sent back? I think it was over 20 times (laughs) got sent back to the MPAA because it was coming back with an X rating each time. Yeah. And that's just like something's wrong. You know, when you have been when you were sending the movie 20 times, something is wrong. Something's really wrong here. Anyway. (laughs) So a lot of characters are set up to die. Honestly, that's all they're set up to do. It was actually mandated or told, basically, that 
they wanted, the producers wanted to see a death every eight to 11 minutes or a scare every eight minutes. So we made it a mathematical quota for a horror film. Correct. So like throw out the creativity, throw out the, the actual like story and all this kind of stuff. Uh, that's just not how art works. That's no. not how good storytelling works. You can't just hit not like these little notes every once in a while. I it's yeah, it's, it was to a point of you guys think, you know, the formula, which is cut them up, cut them up, cut them up, make it cool looking, show us some boobs, show us some, uh, say some profanity. And you know, you got the movie. Well, from the return yeah, at the box office. Yes. They did. They made a shitload of money. The thing is, the fans were pissed. Yeah, they of course. They were very mad. One, because you duped them. Spoilers, folks. There is no Jason in this movie. No. There are images of Jason in flashbacks, in images. And the way, the way you can tell who the real Jason is, is does he have the red diamonds on his mask or does he have the blue diamonds on right. his mask? Tommy sees images of the real Jason. However... There is one cool thing, one cool thing. Oh, boy. One tiny, teeny cool thing about this movie. What is that? What hidden gem have you found? (laughs) The actor playing Uh, Jason, for the most part, was Mr. Tom Morga, who had a small part playing Michael Myers in Halloween 4. He is bandaged, Michael Myers, in the uh, garage. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but the stunt coordinator on this movie was none other than Dick Warlock. <clears throat> Your second favorite Michael, apparently. <laughs> Michael Myers from Halloween 2. So there are a couple of things that, you know, as far as horror nerds, we do appreciate things like that. Those little connections. But that's... That's putting it as like, that's pretty much all we got. But uh, there's zero character detail to this. Like there's no one that you can really sink your teeth into. One thing about Friday the 13th movies I've always said is like the cast just seem like a bunch of friends hanging out mm-hmm. and it comes off so natural and you care about them. You like them right away. These people are just cannon fodder. You know, they are just yes. thrown out there for this new Jason to kill and you just don't care if they if they die. They don't die in great creative ways either. It was cut so heavily that you can't really see too much. By the time you see Jason, it's the blue diamond Jason. Um, <clears throat> yeah, well said. There are a lot of different uh, people being killed, but there are not a lot of different ways as to how they're being killed. A lot of stabs, a lot of slitting of throats, a lot of choking. You know, all that is, you know, we've come to know that from a Jason movie. So you didn't really go and get us in that way. There is a few funny parts in this movie. Quite honestly, I think it just comes from Miguel Nunez Jr. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Reggie, the reckless, older brother named Demon. Yeah. He's in his van. He came to see Reggie. You know, he's got his girl there with him too. They're about to get down and he has to go because he says those damn enchiladas <laughs> like that is funny. Why? Because I have been there, Lance. <laughs> I have made enchiladas many times recently, too. Right? I actually made enchiladas last night That's and great. they were great last night and they were pretty good. Apparently, 
today. Um, Caitlin told me that she had some love of the leftovers. So. Yeah, that's the best. But when you were making enchiladas, okay, welcome to the Enchilada Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about- I think it's the- more interesting than the movie. Go ahead. <laughs> keep going, please. Enchiladas have a- there's a balance to them. I know? just love the way you say it. Enchiladas? Yes. That's the way they're supposed to be said. Yeah, right. Right? Yeah. But at the same time, I get where he has been. That bad enchilada. It's not about being bad enchiladas. It's about when enchiladas come calling. Yeah. Because they are they have they have to come calling. They right? will. Yes. When they do, you better be ready, son. Because <laughs> they knock on the door hard. <laughs> uh, I have luckily been in always a situation where I can deal with them come coming to calling but one time i did make them it was a long time ago i made them for a date and it was the first date and i was feeling very proud of myself oh. the enchiladas went over well they were tasty and then uh i lived in the studio apartment <laughs> oh no there's that's only the there are only two doors lance that's the worst it's yep. the door to leave and the door to the restroom yeah and the restrooms are always right in the middle of the studio as well exactly. so there's no escape yeah so i had to use it and I didn't have a particularly loud fan in there. So I had my moment that I tried to hide. This is a real story. I tried my, I tried to hide my moment. It did not go over well. I opened the door, came out when I was done, sweating, obviously. And there was a note. It said, hey, Danny, sounds like you're busy. <laughs> no. I'm not joking. <laughs> sounds like you're busy. We'll talk later. <laughs> So I know what Demon is going through when he leaves the makeout session to go to the restroom because the enchiladas came calling. Where did she go? She left because in horror. Did you guys actually speak again? Yes, but you know, I mean, I think I think she was trying to be nice, but it uh, ended up you know being terrible. Did you make the same faces that he makes in the movie? Yes, and I and I was trying to keep her there at the studio by singing like Demon, you know, because he's on the crapper singing to his girl who's like messing with him. She's yeah. shaking the outhouse to scare him. And they just start singing back and forth to each other. So there I am in the restroom hoping that this girl would leave, but it ended up being fine. And I'm just there and I'm like, ooh, baby, ooh, baby, ooh, baby. Anyway. <laughs> TMI, screw it. This is a sleazy film. I had to bring my grossest story to it. Feel free to cut all that out. <laughs> you know I won't. There's I know. No, there's nothing I know. else to talk about this film. It's over so fast. That's another thing too. It's, it's a, a quick film. Yes, it's a very short, quick film. Obviously, a lot was cut. A lot of scenes that we probably don't need to see were cut. Mm-hmm. And it's just down to Jason and the final girl. And Reggie is still around. Yeah, ticking. Reggie the Reckless and Tommy. Apparently has come back and now you put two to two, two and two together. You see Jason and Tommy are occupying the same space. So it can't be Tommy. Okay. Tommy is now face to face with Jason. It's going to be a big moment. They're going to kiss or something. (laughs) But the point you brought up earlier, they can't sell me on this final girl who is the assistant director of this camp because I don't care about her. Yeah. I don't know anything about her. The only person I kind of care about is Tommy because, and not him, the person we're seeing right now, it's Corey Feldman. And they may have known this because when this final showdown is happening, he's reliving Mm -hmm. the moments of him as a kid where, and they're playing Corey Feldman and Trish yelling, you know, that scene at the end of four, they're just playing the audio as if he's listening to it. And 
you see it gets to the part where Tommy was screaming, die, die, die. So there's a little bit of a transformation and you think Tommy is going to take over essentially and fight Jason. No, he gets slashed in the chest. So it's quite honest. It's quite evident that Tommy's going to need some help or channel his dark side. Well, you can't just have a nice Friday the 13th moment where maybe he hangs Jason. Maybe he stabs Jason in the chest. No, the director's who the director is. Tommy takes out a knife that he has brought and stabs Jason in the dick. (laughs) Am I lying? Uh, No, I'm not going to defend any part of this movie. No, no, you are not lying. Right in the dick. Right there. So... (laughs) There's a little bit of a mini chase. It's in the barn. You're like, oh, remember the days when the barn was fun, like part three, part two, part four. There's, you know, barn is everywhere. Here's the problem. The movie made a lot of money and the director was almost enabled by the mm. producer afterward because he the producer and Frankie Frank Mancuso Jr. I think that's his first name, but it's definitely Mancuso Jr. Who's basically the producer for has been the producer on like all the Fridays. Yeah. Minus the first one, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Sean S. Coming. Yeah. In. He called Danny, Danny Seinman up and said, the returns are like the golden days. Basically the money that's coming in is like the, when it, the way it used to be, the Jasons from the past when it was making all this money. Because it did make a lot of money. It did, but the least of the franchise so far. So what I'm guessing is that it made a lot fast. Yes. Y- yes. Opening day returns is what And then was people found out what they were going to the theater to yeah. see and mm-hmm. slowed it way the hell down. So obviously Jason's not dead from a stab in the dick because it's not going to happen. Tommy and Reggie and Pam are all up in the loft with Jason and it's it's pretty unceremonious as to the way Jason dies because, well, it's not Jason. It really is a man, a real man who gets thrown off, falls onto convenient spikes and when he does, the mask falls off and you can see that Jason Voorhees is actually... Roy from the beginning, remember? Kind of. That's the exact reaction that everybody friggin' had. Right. Because it was like, oh, do we care who this is? No. Like a big revelation. It's like, oh, nice twist. Roy ended up being the father of Joey. Joey, yes. The mentally challenged patient. Who Roy was the EMT. Oh, God, this sucks. Roy, this just sucks talking about. Roy was a pandemic. Pa- pandemic. <laughs> this is this movie is a pandemic, I'll tell you. Roy was the paramedic who saw his son hacked to death and it drove him crazy. So he decided, why don't I take the persona of Jason and exact my revenge? Because Jason's been in the press clippings. This is obviously years later because Tommy has grown up. Right. But he used Jason uh, as a scapegoat, essentially. I think he was going to try and get away with it all. I guess. You're giving him a lot of credit. Because we don't see him get the mask. We don't see him. We don't, we see don't him see, do shit. Yeah. No. He's wearing a onesie. He's trying to look like Michael Myers. It's just, he's kind of a mess. He is kind of a mess, but oh, man. And the fact that he has a cowl, I just don't understand. Because I yeah. can't even find a cowl today. <laughs> 
to play Jason. <clears throat> it's so bad, y'all. It's the it's the sleaziest of sleaze fests. The the kill maybe if the kills were a little bit more over the top, but I don't I mean, of course they didn't get Tom Savini back, I don't think. Um it just was bad. This movie did not need to be made. It was made for solely it was a it was a cash grab. But I'll just button it with this real quick. Obviously, they kill Roy. They survive, meaning Pam, Reggie the Reckless, and Tommy Jarvis. They go to the hospital. Tommy got slashed in the chest, so he has to be attended to. So he's in the hospital, and while he's there laying, everyone is brought up to speed like the audience is because a sheriff comes over, and he's like, well... Did you know what happened? Well, if you didn't, this is what happened. Thank God. Yeah. Fills Pam, you know, uh, fills her in with all the thing, all the things that we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it was this guy. That's not, it's just bad storytelling. Well, also because the reveal when our fake Jason falls, you can't even tell it's Roy because he's got his eyes closed. It's in the rain. It's in the dark. There's like one, there's like lightning hitting his face. It doesn't look like Roy from the beginning. So you have to be explained what the hell's going on, who that guy was in the Jason mask. Cause you'd have no idea otherwise. Yeah. They explain that at the very end. Ooh, big twist, huh? So I guess the moral of the story, if you're going to go crazy and hack someone to death, make sure that it's not, the son of an EMT that could be pushed over the... I'm stopping. Also, also, if you have a wallet, do you carry a picture of yourself in your wallet? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm just noticing, this is like the big tell, is that Roy's wallet is, you know, how we're figuring all this out. He has a picture of himself, nice little headshot, and then he has a picture of his son, Joey, and that's it. That's the only two photos. Do you ever carry a photo besides your photo ID? Uh, No. <laughs> what would be hilarious, though, is if it was a picture of... Not only Roy, a picture of Joey, a picture of them together. It said father and son. Like, why don't you just hit us over the head <laughs> right. with a freaking hammer Please. while you're at Why it? is he holding all these clippings of the Jason? It's because, like yeah, the- so convenient. It's like scary movie, you know, when the phone falls out, the knife falls out, the mask falls out. It's, I mean, it's just lazy, lazy storytelling. At this point, I think the director got all he wanted. At, you know, he, all the sex and sex and sex and sleazy and garbage and crass stuff was done but here's the final end tommy while he's laid up in his hospital bed sees jason appear to him it's the red mask jason so it's the real jason appearing in front of him which is supposed to signify that it's the spirit of jason and it finally overtakes tommy because he kills jason at the end again so if we're giving them credit or filling in the blanks or being you know having any some sort of follow through that they didn't Tommy has now fully given into his dark side because when he sees the image of Jason, he then later appears behind Pam because she comes and checks on him again and he's got the mask on. He raises the knife as he's going to stab her. And that is how the movie ends. Not before having a fake kill of her uh, to her stomach. Anyway, I just like that you filled in my usual role of trying to defend and fill in the gaps of the movie. I'm just of doing this. If this movie in particular, it was nice for me to sit back and watch watch you do what I usually try to do. It's like maybe maybe this, maybe that and try to plug in all these little plot holes. 
Thank you, Danny. I, I, mean, I really appreciate it, man. I'm surprised it came here, but I'm 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 beside myself. I just You're welcome. <laughs> that sums it up. Yeah, man. I mean, I, no, I'm not gonna defend this movie. I hate this movie. I, I know people have come around to it to say it was inventive. They decided to it's kind of like what happened with Halloween three when they said at least you guys were being more ambitious. You did something different, yada yada yada. Uh, this one is just a no for me because even if you decided you did not want it to be Jason Voorhees, you could have made a better movie. Yeah. This was cheap and silly. And even though it had a shitload of money behind it, it was very lazy. That's all I'll say. No, I, and I, I hate doing that. I really hate doing that because I know how much goes into and even and it's the surface of how much goes into making these movies and budgets and yada, 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 all that stuff. It's quite daunting, but I think at the end, someone must have had to have caught this, whether it be the producer or, or the, it wasn't going to be the director because he was apparently just terrible to work with. So yeah, it leaves it on a cliffhanger. Tommy is going to be the new Jason and he has a mask now, apparently. Free. Oh, they left it in the hospital <laughs> yeah, for him. How can side drawer. So convenient. Do you need this later? You can have it if you want it. Whatever. I I think they wanted to always have Tommy take over because they that was what they were going to do with Corey Feldman, which would have been like hilarious as a young little like, well, who's Jason? Well, it's there's only one short person walking around here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like he was always going to be this old, but they wanted him to to be yeah. the new Jason. So anyway, that's a great name. Like you said before, Tom, Tommy Jarvis yeah. as a killer or a new icon would have been great. And this would have been a unique franchise in a sense. I'm not saying that other franchises have not tried to do this where someone takes over the mantle. I think they try to do this a little bit in the, well, obvious reasons notwithstanding in the crow you know that uh, it does get yes i think it gets passed on between at least two and three isn't it a different crow yes so there you go not to say that some, it's not something that can happen and a franchise could continue you know but you know when people want jason they want jason you know what i'm saying yeah. they want it like freddie they want freddie give me robert england as freddie give me whoever but make sure that they're jason Voorhees. But this movie took everyone's money and slapped him in the face and as well. Yeah, it, and the, the franchise suffers quite a bit from it uh, from here on out. So, wow. Somehow we, we squeezed out a good 42 minutes. Wow. Of this. this could have literally been 10. Yeah, I think so. I just... Most of my commentary was on your commentary That's on fine. this terrible movie because and enchiladas. But I mean, you, we always talk about the characters of these movies, and there's just no characters to talk about here. Like, really, there isn't. They're all cannon fodder. Mm-hmm. The Jason is awful. It's just, it's not a great movie, and unfortunately, it's one of those things that we try to do is salvage as many films as we can in yeah. the horror genre. But this is not going to be one of them, unfortunately. I think, um, it could, I think it could have been interesting and I think it could have been good, but that I don't care that fine. Make, I don't care. It's not Jason. Yeah, yeah. I don't care, but yeah, the you, rest of it is inexcusable. You mentioned it. Do Halloween three, you go completely off the wall, make your Friday the 13th franchise, something different every single time. But this weird Jason thing and the, uh, just, it's just a disaster the whole way. Disaster. So, dis- hey, uh, how many machetes do you give Friday the 13th part five, the I, new beginning? The movie. 
I will give uh, Friday Thirteenth a new beginning. Zero stars. Zero. Zero machetes. Uh, zero machetes. Sorry. Yeah, across the board. Um, I skip this one a lot. I I have watched this one the least, besides Jason Goes to Hell. So I, I, uh, I'm gonna say this, and and it, it's it's me being as honest as I can because I think that whoever's listening at this point knows that I'm gonna keep it real. Sometimes you're in a in a headspace where you're like, all right, well, let's see, you know, the parts of the movie that is like the gratuitous nudity, nudity, <laughs> and this one has the most, and I avoid it still. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, not even that as a the pervert, the inner pervert in me. Not even the fact. <laughs> it's true. I'm just gonna keep it real. Not even that will make uh, make me watch this movie. It's it's that bad. I, yeah, and I, I mentioned that because it makes there's an ick factor to it. It makes you feel kind of sick or just something's not right. And yeah, you're right. Anyway, even those scenes. Zero machetes. Machetes across the board. All right. Uh, yeah, that's that's Friday the 13th Part 5. But New folks, but folks uh, come back for the next one because as far as quality of movie... It, it does take a very wonderful turn. Yes, absolutely. One of my favorites, too. Um, all right. That's Danny. I'm Lance reminding you to lock your door, bolt your windows, and damn enchiladas. <laughs> I want some enchiladas now. Join us next time in our Slasher's Paradise. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Hey, did you hear anything you like? Thanks for listening to Slasher's Paradise tonight. Did you know that you can watch our podcast? Where? YouTube.com. If you go to YouTube.com, look up Slasher's Paradise, you'll find the Dead Candy page. And there you can see all of our podcasts, as well as a few shorts that Danny and I have put out. While you're there, please subscribe. And while you are listening here, go ahead and find yourself that rate and review button. Five stars is what we would love for you guys to give us. And you know what? If you can't think of anything to say in the review, why don't you go ahead and put some recommendations and or requests of horror movies that you would love for us to talk about. If you'd like to find out more information about Slasher's Paradise or Dead Candy, the producer of our show, you can head over to facebook.com slash Fix. That's D-E-D candy fix. Here's to you guys. This is Slasher's Paradise. Sorry, I had to work that in. And I'm going to drink on that.